Thy strong words did cleave dark darkness. You get it was done for created light. We thank thee, thine ordered seasons run. Dark as night and deep as death Broke the light of thy salvation Breathe thine own life-giving breath Alleluia, alleluia Praise to thee whom life does send us righteous speak as thine own life from the cross forever beaming all thy bright redeeming mind alleluia alleluia praise to thee whose light doth send
In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto thee all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended thee and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them. And I pray thee of thy boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Upon this your confession, I by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in this stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. thoughts on your steadfast love, O God, in the midst of your temple. As your name, O God, so your praise reaches to the ends of the earth, and your right hand is filled with righteousness. Within her citadels, God has made himself known as a fortress. <clears throat> this is God, our God, forever and ever. He will guide us forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. We have thought on your steadfast love, O God, in the midst of your temple. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. 
Glory be to God on high. We praise Thee, we bless Thee, we worship Thee, we glorify Thee, we give thanks to Thee for Thy great glory. O Lord God, Heavenly King, God the Father Almighty, O Lord, the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, O Lord God, Lamb of God, not the Father that takest away the sin of the world. Have mercy upon us, Thou that takest away the sin of the world. Receive our prayer, Thou that sittest at the right hand of God the Father. Have mercy upon us, for Thou art holy. the Holy Ghost, art most high in the glory of God the Father. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Grant us, O Lord, the spirit to think and do always such things as are right, that we, who cannot do anything that is good without you, may be enabled by you to live according to your will. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. The Old Testament lesson for this, the eighth Sunday after the Trinity, is written in the 23rd chapter of the prophet Jeremiah, beginning at the 16th verse. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They say continually to those who despise the word of the Lord, it shall be well with you. And to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, they say, no disaster will come upon you. For who among them has stood in the counsels of the Lord to see or hear his word? Or who has paid attention to his word and listened? Behold the storm of the Lord. Wrath has gone forth, a whirling tempest. It will burst upon the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has executed and accomplished the intents of his heart. In the latter days, you will understand it clearly. I did not send the prophets, yet they ran. I did not speak to them, yet they prophesied. And if they had stood in my counsel, then they would have proclaimed my words to my people, and they would have turned from them from their evil way and from the evil 
of their deeds. I am a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God afar off. Can a man hide himself in a secret place so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill the heavens and the earth, declares the Lord? I have heard what the prophets have said, who prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long shall there be lies in the heart of the prophets who prophesy lies, who prophesy the deceit of their own heart, who think to make my people forget my name by their dreams, that they tell one another, even as their fathers forgot the name of Baal? For let the prophet who has a dream tell the dream, but let whom has my word speak my word faithfully. What has straw in common with wheat, declares the Lord, Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Be my rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. The epistle lesson is written in the 20th chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, beginning at the 27th verse. Paul said, I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock to which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore be alert. Remember that for three years I did not cease day or night to admonish everyone with tears. Now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up, to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak. Remember the words of our Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. And there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken. And they would not see his face again. And they accompanied him to the ship. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah! Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Hallelujah!
Holy Gospel is written in the seventh chapter of St. Matthew, beginning at the 15th verse. Glory be to thee, O Christ. Jesus said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who art in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, do many great works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of lawlessness. This is the gospel of the Lord. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of the Father and he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead, and the life of the world to come. Amen. said, I would not see the sinner dead. I want him turned from error's ways, repentant, living endless days. And so our Lord gave this 
command, go forth and preach in every land. Bestow on all my pardoning grace, who will repent and mend their ways. All those whose sins you thus remit, I truly pardon and acquit. And those whose sins you will retain, contempt and guilty shall remain. What you will bind, that bound shall be. What you will lose, that will be free. To mighty church the keys walk it, to open, close the gates of head. The words which absolution give are his who died that we might live. The minister whom Christ has sent is but his humble instrument. When ministers lay on their hands, absorbed by Christ the sinner stands. He who by grace the world believes the purchase of his blood receives. Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Beware of false prophets. Come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. And religiously, philosophically, and politically speaking, he should be called a prophet. His ideas and his political and social and religious theories have been embraced with religious fervor by his adherents over the last almost 200 years. Yes, Karl Marx's impact on the actual events of the world, both in the church and in society and among nations, is indisputable in modern times. He's probably the, the greatest intellectual who has the greatest impact in modern times. And the reason is not primarily 
because of the attraction of his concepts and methodologies, both of which have strong appeal to the unrigorous mind. But it's the fact that his philosophy has been institutionalized in many countries around the world from time to time. At one time, the Soviet Union and Russia institutionalized his ideas. China still does. And many of his successor prophets, men like Lenin and Stalin, Mao Zedong, Pol Pot, Nicolas Maduro, and others, the leaders of North Korea, all have been faithful Marxists. Even Adolf Hitler was a socialist who read Marx and imbibed many of his ideas. And so the impact of this, this prophet, this modern-day prophet, has had great impact on our world, and it still is today. In fact, many in America today want to, want to take Marx's ideas and apply them to society and public policy and even the church, even the Missouri Synod Church. So it may be behoove us to examine whether Marx was a true prophet or whether, or whether maybe he was a wolf in sheep's clothing. It's interesting. Karl Marx has some similarities to Jesus. Sometimes his similarities are in contrast, not, not, not identical to him, but, but they were both Jewish. Jesus was Jewish. Marx was Jewish. And Marx, when he was a little boy, his father became a Lutheran because they lived in Trier in Germany. And so they became Lutherans. And as a Lutheran, actually Marx was like us. He was confirmed at age 15 and became very devout for a while, very devout Lutheran, until he then left, left his faith, faith and became an atheist sometime between the age of 15 and the age of his mid-20s. Somewhere in there he became an atheist and gave up God. But he was, for a while, like you, a devout Lutheran. And like Jesus, he was ethnically Hebrew. In the, in the failed revolution of 1848, he had to flee Germany and settled in London, and he stayed in London basically for the rest of his life. And he did a lot of writing. He was a journalist. Uh, even though he's got a PhD in philosophy, he never got a job in, the, in academia because his, his scholarship really wasn't that strong. So he was a journalist, and he began, he kept writing in London. That's how he supported himself, by his writing. And, and he, he was able to frame some really brilliant epigrams and aphorisms. Some of you, you're probably familiar with some of them, right? Such as, religion is the opiate of the masses. Actually, he didn't write that. Actually, that, he stole that from a guy named, a German named Heine. The slogan, from each according to his abilities, to each according to his needs, that came from Louis Blanc. And Karl Schopper was actually the one that originally coined the phrase, workers of the world unite. But, but Marx was okay about plagiarizing. He didn't mind stealing somebody else's intellectual property if it forwarded his viewpoint. And he did this quite liberally, quite, quite generously. He framed himself as the great liberator of the economically oppressed proletarian, the worker class, right? That was one of his big things, right, in his book, Capital. He framed himself as the, as the liberator of the worker. And yet, he was really from the upper middle class, and he married an aristocratic woman, and he never knew any paroles. The only worker he ever knew that he ever employed was, was his maid, who was actually paid for by his in-laws, who felt bad for him, for his wife who married him. And he treated her very rudely and very unkindly. 
So the only proletarian he ever knew was one he misused and abused. But what about his scholarship? I mean, he's a great scientist, right? Wasn't he a great scientist? Well, again, that's not true. Chapter 8 of, of his book, Das Kapital, is a deliberate and systematic falsification to prove a thesis which an objective examination of the facts shows to be untenable. And his crimes against scholarship are fourfold. He uses out-of-date material because it because the up-to-date material at that time did not favor his ideas. He selected only sources, who only, only industries whose conditions were particularly bad, as typical of all capitalism. And then thirdly, he used biased, non-objective sources who viewed capitalism by nature as incorrigible. And finally, probably in my opinion, the greatest sin academically was he was unwilling to do his own research. He never left his little writer's garret there in London to go investigate what a factory actually looked like or a coal mine actually looked like or what the farmer actually went through. It's too lazy. It's structurally dishonest. So if his academic fruits are bad, his personality, what about it? Was it any better? Because, you know, Jesus says that he, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through him, Right? And so Jesus is very clear with us that, that anybody who tells lies should be sus suspected of a tree that produces bad fruit. In fact, in fact, when you look at plagiarism and you look at the intellectual dishonesty of his works, you, you, this really recalls to me at least a comment made by Jesus in John 8 where Jesus was talking to a group of men who, who tended to lie a lot. And he said to them, in John 8, 44, you are of your father the devil, for his deeds you do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And note that Jesus connects dishonesty with murder. Well, has Karl Marx's philosophy has his, his prophecies, because he really was an eschatological prophet in, in the material world. Has his prophecies led to anybody dying? Was the Soviet Union known for its gulag archipelago known to kill people? Only about maybe 60 million maybe, of its own people? How many has China killed? We don't know. I know. It's estimated that in 100 years, over 100 million people have been killed and murdered, innocent people, by Marx's philosophy. And that's a conservative number, by the way. It's probably much higher, but that's just the ones we kind of know about. According to, according to uh, English historian Paul Johnson, he quotes one of the people that were very close to, to Marx in his household. And, and this person says, and I quote, his taste for violence, his appetite for power, his inability to handle money, and his tendency to exploit those around him was continual. So do we see any of, any, any of these fruits associated with those who implement his ideas? Well, I mentioned one of them already, right? I mean, when the, when the Marxists take over, when Karl's Marxist people take over, does it become a, a, a paradise of, of material goods? Do the workers live in better conditions? Do people experience greater freedoms 
Is the church allowed to continue to preach the gospel and worship as they see fit? No. None of those things are true. In fact, the first person that gets lined up against the wall are the clergy, and then, 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 then they come for the rest of the Christians. How different from Jesus, who tells his followers to turn the other cheek. How different. Marx, in contrast, was frequently violent. Whereas, whereas Jesus told his disciple, Peter, put away your sword. Shall I not drink from the cup that the Father gives me? And he heals Malchus, Malchus, the servant of the high priest, here. Marx was quarreling with everybody he was associated with. He had no manners. He was proud and faintly contemptuous and sharp. His sharp metallic voice was well suited to the radical judgments. He was continually delivering on men and things. How different he is from Jesus, who calls us to judge not lest we be judged. How different is he from Jesus, right? Who, who befriends the sinner, who befriends the tax collector and the, you know, and the person broken by their sin, who says to the woman caught in adultery, first he says to the men about to stone her to death, he that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And then when this woman is there on her knees, broken and, 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 and humiliated, what does he say to this poor woman? He says, neither do I condemn thee, go therefore and sin no more. How different a prophet is Jesus from Mark's? Now, instead of condemning, which Marx continually did, Jesus always was forgiving and calling us to forgive each other as God has forgiven us. Christ is the one who calls us to love our neighbor as, our, as we love ourselves, not condemn our neighbor and have them arrested and put in a gulag. In fact, in Romans 13, Jesus tells Christians through St. Paul, to be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority of resists God. In other words, the Christian is called upon by God to be a good citizen. And, and, and the authority that Paul was referring to there in Romans 13 was the emperor Nero, who was not a very moral or good man. By contrast, Mark's declares we are ruthless and we ask for no quarter from you and when our turn comes we shall not disguise our terrorism unquote no marx even advocated political assassination to further his goals whereas jesus tells us to render under caesar the things that are caesar's as we render under god the things that are god and to pray for the emperor additionally Marx exhibited personal vanity, something Jesus never did. He was always self-absorbed, wrote one companion. The feelings of others never had much interest or concern for him. The acquisition of personal power was the aim of all his endeavors. In fact, in fact Barkunin, who was, who was very close to Marx for many years, says the final judgment on Marx is that this, is that Marx, and I quote, does not believe in God, but he believes much in himself. He makes everyone serve himself. His heart is not full of love, but of bitterness, and has very little sympathy for the human race. When you understand this about this prophet of the secular world, it makes sense now why there's killing fields in Cambodia and gulags in Soviet Russia, and death camps created by the National Socialists of Germany. Because he just has very little sympathy for the human race. 
How different from Jesus. Jesus who wept over Jerusalem and said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how many times I would have gathered you as a hen gathers her chickens and you would not. How different from God the Son, Jesus Christ, who is incarnate of the Virgin Mary and made man to die for us so that we who are dead might live. How different is Jesus of Nazareth from the other Jewish man called Karl Marx, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but rather made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a slave and coming in the likeness of men. And he, Jesus, humbles himself and becomes obedient to death, even death on a cross. What a contrast between these two prophets. Which one do we want to rule our world and rule our nation and rule our church? Because you have to choose one of them. Jesus was so different. When he was reviled, Jesus did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued to entrusting himself to the one who judges justly as 1 Peter 2.23 tells us. And even from the cross, even as he hung on the cross, dying, you know, nailed there by his own enemies, those who, people who mocked him, he didn't revile back at them, no. He, he, instead, he lifted his head towards heaven and said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Two men could not be more profoundly different than Jesus and Marx. Which one is the good tree with the good fruit? Which one is the bad tree with the bad fruit? Right? No. Unlike Karl Marx, who advocated murder, who was a liar, who was, who was an abuser, was somebody that manipulated people and took advantage of them, whose ideas have taken the life of more than 100 million people. Jesus Christ has come in to give us life and to give it to us abundantly. He died so that we might have eternal life. He came to rescue us from the great enemies of sin, death, and the devil. Yes, that's what Christ came to do. He, he didn't come to unleash upon us some utopian nightmare. He came to give us the, the, the reality of everlasting life, the, the reality of paradise that comes after this veil of tears we call the world. Now, some of you might be thinking that I'm engaging in political philosophy today. I'm not. Because this, these ideas will absolutely impact the church as they have in every other country that's, in, that's, that's adopted them. No, I'm not defending capitalism. I think the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. And any political ideology that fails to love God with all its heart, mind, and soul and, for, and refuses to love the neighbor as they love themselves is wrong. And ultimately harmful, even to the, the people themselves who practice it. So instead of adopting labels imposed on us by others, let us rather simply follow Jesus Christ, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. Let us do everything this day as unto the Lord. Let us love God and love our neighbor so that our work, whatever that work is, will always be truthful and honest and loving. 
Let us love our neighbors, as I said, as we love ourselves, so that the world will know we follow Christ by Jesus' good fruits manifesting themselves through us. Because you see, one thing Jesus makes really clear in today's gospel lesson for the eighth Sunday after the Trinity is that not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who art in heaven. Now, what is the will of our Father who art in heaven? Well, our Father who art in heaven's will is that we should be saved by grace through faith that we should receive the gift of God of salvation that Jesus Christ earns for us through his death and resurrection. Christ Jesus also wants us to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together in worship, even, even in a pandemic, but rather that we confess our sins and that we receive absolution, that we hear his word and learn it and call upon it so that we are saved. And finally, that we are born again of water and the Spirit through the miracle of holy baptism, and that we come to His altar and take and eat and take and drink His true body and blood given and shed for us for the forgiveness of our sins. That's the will of God the Father who art in heaven for us. And if any political philosopher or prophet or angel or even a Missouri Synod pastor teaches a different gospel than the one the apostles brought to us, then let him be anathema. In the name of Jesus, amen.
So um, welcome today. Um, I think um, uh, many people right now are, are concerned about the COVID issue. I've, I've gotten a lot of phone calls. Take this off so you can hear me better. I've gotten a lot of, I've gotten several phone calls during the week um, inquiring as to which members are sick. And there's a lot of rumors going around about who's sick and who isn't. Right now, we only have two members in the hospital. Um, and one is Ben Simmons, who may go home today. And the other one is Vi Johnston, who's still in the MICU at Thomas. Pray for, pray for both of them, especially for Vi, as, as her condition has not worsened, but it has not gotten better at all either, either since yesterday. Um, a lot of people are reaching out and calling families where they have, that they have sick members or texting them. Please do not do that. If you need to know something, you can check with me or Julie uh, through the church, because we, you know, we're, we're, we're talking to the families also. But Melissa was in the hospital for, for six days, and, and she got a lot of texts from people. She appreciated that, but at the same time, she did not have the energy to reply to them. And so, um, and the families just don't know what's going on. My, my wife was in the hospital for six days. I talked to one nurse one time in six days. They just don't have any answers for you. So please just kindly pray for them and give them space. And, and if you wanna know who's, what's going on, you can certainly reach out to me and, and if anybody knows something, probably I do, or I can find out, and, 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 and we'll flow the information to you. But, you know, really, it's just not helping them, okay? And I just want to let you know. The second thing is, I've had several people this week reach out to me and very emphatically ask me to push for vaccine, you getting vaccinated if you're not. Okay, that is not my lane. My lane as your pastor is not to tell you what kind of medical care you should or should not have. I just want to make that really clear. You know, if you want to ask me what I've done, I'll tell you, you know, I got vaccinated, okay? I, I did. You know, if you want to get vaccinated, you need to talk to your doctor. You do not make your medical decisions based on consultations with your priest, pastor, or rabbi. You talk to your medical professional. He will recommend to you what, what course of action is best for you, given your situation, okay? I just want to make that really clear. I mean, you, do it, you need to talk to your doctor about those kind of medical decisions. That is not my role to, to tell you what not to or not to do. Now in the church, yeah, we're going to we're, for a while while this thing is heating up, we're going to we're not going to cancel services, but we we are going to ask you maybe to wear a mask or to socially distance, wash your hands, and that kind of thing. And we're putting the gloves back on and the mask back on for communion, and we're we're we we rinse the cups between each chalice with Everclear. The chalices are sterling silver; they're 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 biologically they biologically inhibit viruses and and and, um, and bacteria. The wine is, is also antibiotic. It, it doesn't allow that kind of stuff because of the tannins in the red wine, et cetera. So we're gonna do, we're doing our best level best to make communion a safe experience for you. Um, you know, rest assured, we're gonna be careful, <clears throat> but we just ask you to be patient. God has not given us a spirit of fear. There's a lot of fear in our parish right now, and it's, it's just, you know, I understand it, but I want you to understand also that we are trying to do our level best to keep you safe in this place. The air is, is washed with ultraviolet light, and also is, it also has ozone in it to kill um, bacteriological agents. So that, that, those are, that's going on right now. And we leave the fan continually on during service. Okay? Just want you all to know that. Thank you. Lord be with you. But, oh, yes. By the way, the two members, like I said, I think I told you already, Vi, is, Vi Johnson is still in the hospital, right? And Ben Simmons may come home today, we pr but we'll pray for him as well. Lord be with you.
In peace, let us pray to the Lord for the peace that is from above and for the well-being of the churches of Christ and the godly unity of all Christendom, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for those who in faith, piety, and the fear of God offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Matthew and Eric, for Matthew and Eric our shepherds and bishops in Christ, for all pastors and teachers and all people, let us pray to the Lord. For our nation, all our people, for our president and Congress, our governor and legislature, our judges and magistrates, and all who serve in public office, let us pray to the Lord. For the sick and the sorrowing, for those who mourn, for those who are in need and distress, for the homebound and the infirm, especially we pray this day for Bob, for Jackie, for Eddie, for Norma, for Kim, Suzette, Sandra and Bill, for Hunter and Martin and Chris and Gail, for Reese and Marion, for Clayton and Meredith, James and George, for Larry Dean, for Earl and Suzette, for Bob and Mallory, Mark and Hank, Sandy and Megan, Isaac and Haley and Marilyn. We pray for Martha and John, Patty and Cecil, Michelle and Carl, Karen and Jimmy, Tina and Ainsley and Richard and Kevin for Ron and Mary Ellen, Brian and Natalie, for Thelma and Jesse, Ralph and Theo, Easton and Janice, Doug and Fallon, Colby and Jamie and Audra and Francis. We pray also for the families of our parish who mourn, especially the Bird and Ulrich families, Parsons family, the Givens family, the Miles family, the Ellis family, the Smith and Overy families, the Nealon family, the Nice and Barbie families. We also pray for all those serving in our country's armed forces, especially for Riley, Paul, Turner, Paul, Hayden, and Mike. And we pray for all of our university students, including Colleen and Noah, Harrison and John, Katie and Dylan, Audrey and Dylan, Sarah, Olivia, Jason, Jacob, Minnie, and Emma. We also pray, Heavenly Father, for those to whom death is drawing near and for us all that when our last hour shall come, we may depart this life in the confidence of the sure faith, the consolation of a right, devout, and holy hope, and in the communion of Christ, holy church. Let us pray to the Lord. Recalling those who have gone before us in the faith and rejoicing to share with them the Sabbath rest which Christ has won for his people, that together with them we may be found faithful in the day of judgment and rejoice in the day of the resurrection of the dead. Let us pray to the Lord. We pray especially this day for those who mourn the death of Elvin Bird. Have compassion, O Lord, upon all who mourn the death of Elvin Bird, upon all who are lonely and desolate because of his absence among us. Be thou their comforter and friend. Give unto them such earthly solace as thou seekest to be best for them, and bring them to a fuller knowledge of thy love, and wipe away all their tears for the sake of Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Let's also pray for those who are sick, especially for Ben and also for Miss Vi and all others who are in hospital with COVID or any other ailment. Almighty and everlasting God, the eternal salvation of them that believe, 
Hear our prayers on behalf of thy servants, Ben and Vi, and all others who are sick with various ailments, both in our parish and outside of it. We implore thy aid and mercy for all of them, that they would be restored to their former health, that they may render thanks to thee and thy church. We ask this through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We also pray for Stacy Forbus, a friend of Kim Clay's, who is also being treated at UAB in Birmingham for COVID. Lord God, Heavenly Father, look down from heaven, visit, relieve, and behold thy servant, Stacy, for whom we offer up our supplications. Look upon her with the eyes of thy mercy and give her comfort and sure confidence in thee. Defend her from the dangers of the enemy and keep her in perpetual safety and peace. Through the merits of Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.